That being said, there comes some tension with teacher leaders where you have two people who are peers and then one person is in the role of responsibility of making a plan, creating an initiative, telling, asking people to do things that they haven't asked, been asked to do before. And there can sometimes be some tensions in like, well, why are you asking me to do this? You're not my boss. This is Teaching Today. This podcast is brought to you by the Center for the Professional Education of Teachers at Teachers College, Columbia University. In conversation with teachers, researchers, and school leaders, we are dedicated to breaking down the problems, policies, and promising practices that define teaching today. Uniting theory and practice, CPET promotes rigorous and relevant scholarship and is committed to making excellent education accessible worldwide through personalized professional development. Hi, Roberta. Hey, Sharice. I'm looking forward to this podcast because something actually came up in a conversation I was having recently, and I was like, oh, yeah, this would be great. So we were talking about the transition of going from being a classroom teacher to like working with adults and what that shift was like for many of us. And then we started talking about the other shift that occurred within the same building when we went from like being a member of the English department or the science department that we became like the lead science teacher or we became, you know, these kind of leadership roles and like how some of the dynamics changed. And I'm just, I'm just wondering, have you had any experiences with that? Absolutely. And the reason I think this is a really important conversation is I think for generations in education, there was really like the principal or the administration and then teachers. And if you started your career as a teacher and you wanted to make a change, you basically could become an administrator and that's it. You could become an administrator. And if you were an administrator, you could become a superintendent or you could go to work in a district office, but there weren't a lot of other types of roles that were available for teachers to evolve in their practice until I would say the last 15 to 20 years. And in the last 15 to 20 years, what we've seen is an increase in more differentiated learning opportunities and leadership opportunities for classroom teachers to become a department chair leader, to become a team leader, to become an instructional coach within your school. In the New York City DOE right now, they have, they've had master teachers, mentor teachers. They've had, they, right now they have something called a peer collaborative teacher. And it's all based on this idea that teachers who are experienced and effective in the classroom have a lot to share with their colleagues, but very little time to share it. And so what many schools have done and many districts have done around, around the country has created more systems and structures for teachers to grow in their practice by taking on leadership roles outside of their work in the classroom. Some of those roles happen simultaneously. So I still teach my four or five classes a day and also have a leadership role. And others of them come with maybe a reduced teaching expectation and an increased expectations around maybe coaching or mentoring some of their colleagues. Well, it's great that our colleague Courtney is able to join us because I know Courtney has been doing quite a bit of coaching work with, with new teachers and with, with leadership teams and things like that. So 
Courtney, who is our senior PD advisor, she leads our new teacher network and she's a secondary education specialist. So Courtney, welcome. We're so happy to have you. Thank you so much for inviting me to talk about some of my favorite topics, teachers and leadership and that intersection between them. Thank you so much. Looking forward. What makes a good team leader in a school? I feel like that's a big question. Well, I'll tell you the truth. I think from my own experience, both as a team leader and working with team leaders, I can tell you what doesn't make for such a great team leader. But I do think that there are some qualities and a range of them that can work and be developed uh, into really strong team leadership. I'm thinking about a teacher leader whom I work with regularly now, and I've seen her grow from an amazing teacher becoming an expert in her content area and sort of more of a master teacher, right, in instruction, and then beginning to develop her gaze to be able to zoom out and see kind of the big picture. And I think that beyond that sort of expertise and comfort level with content and instruction, or maybe, right, it's the grade level that you're in or whatever it is that you're expert in, but then being able to zoom out and see multiple perspectives in your school, what it means to be other teachers, what it means to be a team member, and, and quite importantly, what it means to be an administrator and balance and manage all those uh, pressures. Because I think as a teacher leader, you, right, you kind of have to be able to support your team members and empathize with them and listen, and also zoom out and hear and understand the demands on the school and on administration so that you can kind of um, bridge that, right? And support the team to, to be both meeting their own needs and the needs of the school at large. Courtney, I think that's a great starting point. And as you, as you were talking, a thought that came to mind for me is the difference between say a, a team leader and a school administrator. So if you're the administrator, pretty much you have positional power and authority in terms of things people have to do. I think for team, for teacher team leaders, it's a different dynamic because you're not necessarily somebody's boss. You're not necessarily someone's evaluator, but you're kind of in that and in that fine little space, which is kind of that tension there. And so I think it requires um, a different set of skills because, you know, it, I think if you don't have kind of like that buy-in, if you're not able to kind of hear different voices, as well as being clear on the vision or the task in front of you, I think it, it can be challenging for team leaders. Well, I think that also speaks to some of the challenges that are faced by teams. So we've often, you know, we often have, it's, it's not new to have schools divided by grade levels or schools divided by departments, but what kind of work do those departments do and what are the roles of their department chair or department leaders? You know, one version of the department chair is really the messenger. This is really similar to when I was in the classroom in the late 90s, you know, we had a department chair and she would open up the meeting with all of the announcements that the administration wanted her to make. And we would all like, you know, scoff and complain and argue and she would write those down and then she would go to the administration and say, here's, you know, here's what my department says. And it would just be a sort of a game of ping pong with the department chair as, 
as the go-between, right, as that messenger. Um, but then when it came to designing curriculum, creating unit plans, developing resources, every teacher was sort of left on his or her own to create that for their course. And so we had our meeting and then we all went back to our classrooms and shut your door. And it was sort of the same thing in, you know, throughout the day is that, you know, you can go into your classroom and shut your door and just teach whatever it is that you want to teach. But the movements in education have shifted over the last 20 years because we have recognized that collaboration and community have a huge impact on curriculum and instruction and, you know, longevity in the classroom and feeling supported and in the very, very difficult work that accompanies being a classroom teacher. And so when we go to having like, here's a meeting where the department chair is just gonna tell me what I have to do to a space where, no, we actually need to work together as a team where everybody has a role and we need to produce certain things in order to reach the goals that we have as a, as a team and or for our school then we need to be able to have some systems and structures that help us to organize ourselves, right? And so thinking about the ways that some of the challenges that teams face can be, how do we set goals? How do we make decisions? How do we have a productive meeting time? Um, who gets to speak? Who has the power to make decisions? And these are things that are very difficult to negotiate when you have five to seven to 15 people who are all, who all have the same job description and all have the same role. The teen leader or the teacher leader is a person who doesn't necessarily come in and say, this is what everybody has to do, but rather facilitates the conversation, creates the agenda, maximizes the time that people have together, and really creates an environment where collaborative work can take place. And I think one of the, the shifts we've also seen, Roberta, is how teams have shifted from just content-based to grade-based. So you see that emergence. And in a lot of schools, they're both, you know, so they have the content and they have the grade. And I think that's really good to get a, a deeper insight into um, the needs, instructional needs for students. I also think that when teachers are are functioning within these teams, it's also an opportunity for them to be the experts. Because the reality is that the further removed you are from the classroom uh, in terms of teaching, the not I'm not I'm not devaluing that experience, but I'll say it's a different kind of experience from teachers who are in the, in the rooms with these students on a daily basis. And I think one of the advantages of having these teacher team leaders and these team meetings is that these are the people who are actually, who actually have boots on the ground, they're closest to the students. And I think they have a really strong sense of what's happening. Yeah, and Sharice and Roberta, I, I really love this sort of definition and vision that you guys are building here. Because I'm hearing from Roberta, like this 21st century, which is very close, near and dear to CPET's heart of collaboration and community and productivity. And I'm thinking about Sharice mentioning expertise. And I think this is, these are some of the really important qualities of both what a leader, a teacher leader, team leader needs to be able to develop, um, really acknowledging and respecting each of the teammates for their expertise 
or their roles and what they bring to the table, right? Um, and then also um, being able to, to hold that space, as people say, to create like a holding space that is safe for people to be able to share and be productive. And I, I think those are real skills and the people on the team really need to trust their team leader. Um, and that team leader really needs to have their interests at heart and, and really be committed to the development of the team as a productive and collaborative space, um, as Roberta was saying. And I think that, you know, just as people talk about teachers being able to do that in their classrooms, it's, it's a real skill and it's a skill set to develop sometimes, as you guys said, moving from the classroom teacher to working to develop that kind of culture and climate and productivity, as Roberta said, um, on your teams. And I also think it takes ongoing you know, time and space to do that work. So on the part of the school administrators, they really need to offer regular time and space to do either that vertical work or that horizontal um, grade level work. And I think they're both very um, valuable and, and valuable in different ways. Some of the things that are, that make being a teacher leader really valuable also come with some challenges or some tensions. Teacher leaders are really important levers for school change because they come with exactly what you just described, that street credibility, right? Don't tell me how to teach in my classroom better when you're sitting in your office, you know, drinking your coffee all day. When I'm out there in the trenches doing my best, you don't know what it feels. The last time you taught a class was 10 years ago. You know, you don't know what I'm going through. The, the challenges that teachers are facing on a daily basis are visceral and they're, and they are, you know, things that don't have quick, quick fixes or easy answers. And teachers look to other teachers for advice, for um, you know, recommendations, and those who have an experienced track record of being able to reach their goals um, in, have increased credibility uh, within the school and sometimes have even more credibility than their school's formal administrators. That being said, there comes some tension with teacher leaders where you have two people who are peers and then one person is in the role of responsibility of making a plan, creating an initiative, telling, asking people to do things that they haven't asked, been asked to do before. And there can sometimes be some tensions in like, well, why are you asking me to do this? You're not my boss. There can also be some tensions when you know, the teacher leader might hear information about somebody who's struggling or they might get some information from the administrator's perspective. They might get some information from the teacher's perspective. And now they're kind of caught in the middle between tensions that are happening at their school. And it brings up a lot of you know, uncomfortable feelings about how do I keep someone's confidence? You know, how do I be a trusted leader, but not be too bossy? And there are a lot of challenges that come alongside being a teacher leader and sort of stepping outside of that classroom box, so to speak. I like to shift our conversation a bit because I think you're right, Roberta, when you've sort of laid out some of these challenges that our team leaders face. I'm just wondering, what are some things that you all have seen team leaders do or even schools do 
um, to best support the team dynamics? Well, I'll just start with the simplest, I think. The schools that I've worked in where we've had luck, and I'm sure you guys have had similar experiences, the administrators, and I give them so much credit, have really understood that they need to program and support time, time and space for these teams to both develop and do the work and be productive. And I think there also needs to be some trust once there is a teacher leader that the administration or administrators, school leaders, really trust that person to be able to be an expert and to do the work. And then in addition to that trust and the time and the space, regular time and space to do that work that's not interrupted and not 15 minutes, but a solid period or an hour and a half, whatever it is um, that is needed and can be given. Um, but also I've been finding that team leaders really need support and time to be team leaders. And so they need coaching or they need supervision as it's called sometimes in, in the medical practice and in the psychological fields. They need supervision, monitoring, and support in a, in a safe space. So they need not just to be held accountable, nor set off on their own, oh, I trust you implicitly, go do the work, but they need to have supported kind of monitoring. Um, and I think they need time to do that, quite frankly, or it's hard for them to be reflective and step back and think about their roles in order to develop into the team leaders that they are, that they are becoming, you know? Yeah, I really hear that around six systems and structures for the development of team leaders. And that's really aligned with something that I would advise as well, which is having a time for teacher leader meetings, right? Where teacher leaders can talk with one another, they can plan with one another, and they can also learn um, some more leadership skills. We've talked about this a lot in our leadership conversations that oftentimes you get promoted or you get put in a position of leadership because you're really good at doing a particular task, but being good at that particular task and then teaching other people how to do it and or managing how other people do it are two different sets of skills. So we can't just say, oh, you're a really great science teacher. You should be the science team leader because the skills that you need to be a team leader are quite different than the skills that you need to be the science teacher, right? And I think that it requires something that we do a lot in coaching for change and in um, teachers, a teacher as researchers, is that that work that we're doing around critical reflection and metacognition, right? What am I doing in my classroom that's working? Why did I do it this way? What was my theory of action? How can I help? How did I create the theory of action? How can I help someone else to create and or adopt this theory of action? How would I create? So understanding at a deep level what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, and how I'm doing it, and then being able to have some sort of straight talk with my colleagues about how they can replicate it or how they can innovate their practice. It really requires that ability to step outside of myself, understand what I did, and then help other help to create a scenario where other people can do can can go through a similar process. Yeah, I really hear that around six systems and structures for the development of team leaders. And that's really aligned with something that I would advise as well, which is having a time for teacher leader meetings, right? Where teacher leaders can talk with one another, they can plan with one another, and they can also learn um, some more leadership skills. 
we've talked about this a lot in our leadership conversations that oftentimes you get promoted or you get put in a position of leadership because you're really good at doing a particular task, but being good at that particular task and then teaching other people how to do it and or managing how other people do it are two different sets of skills. So we can't just say, oh, you're a really great science teacher. You should be the science team leader because the skills that you need to be a team leader are quite different than the skills that you need to be the science teacher, right? And I think that it requires something that we do a lot in coaching for change and in um, teachers, a teacher as researchers is that that work that we're doing around critical reflection and metacognition, right? What am I doing in my classroom that's working? Why did I do it this way? What was my theory of action? How can I help? How did I create the theory of action? How can I help someone else to create and or adopt this theory of action? How would I create? So understanding at a deep level what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, and how I'm doing it, and then being able to have some sort of straight talk with my colleagues about how they can replicate it or how they can innovate their practice. It really requires that ability to step outside of myself, understand what I did, and then help other help to create a scenario where other people can do can can go through a similar process. I love that idea of hanging the mirror because it is about self-reflection and not about like passing out your picture. And I think that's one of the challenges that some new teacher leaders make is that feeling that I've had some success in my classroom. I know what I'm doing now and I'm here to tell other people how they can do it too. And it makes sense to know to it, it makes a lot of sense, I think, psychologically, you know, like I figured it out. I have the answer. Once you have the answer, once you, you know, have that missing puzzle piece, you definitely like want to spread it to everybody. Hey, do it. If you do it like this, if you do it like this, if you do it like this, just do it like I did it. But so often that can come across as like, you all are not good at your jobs and you should be a lot more like me. Let me pass out my picture and show you how you should really be doing it. Um, and, and that is sometimes, that's, that's rarely an effective strategy when you're working with your colleagues because it's, off, it's more often than not alienating and it can make people feel like, why do you think you're better than me now? And I didn't even think your stuff was that good to begin with. And now it's like, now I have a role where I'm supposed to be helping my colleagues and nobody wants to talk to me. And in that way, the teacher leadership role, whether you're passing out your picture or hanging the mirror the teacher leadership role can be really isolating because you really do see kind of 360 degrees around you and you can no longer, you know, look at your class, your, your colleagues in the, you know, the teacher workroom and be like, I know admin, right? Because you understand that the pressure and the challenges that they're experiencing. And you can no longer say to add, you can no longer, you can't sit with your administrators and, and you'd be like teachers, right? because you're in it every day and you know how hard it works. And that's one of the reasons that I really love teacher leaders and think it's such an important role to cultivate in a school because being in the middle of that Venn diagram really gives deep insight into the strengths of a school community and their real struggles and their real challenges. And that's why our teacher leaders are some of the most insightful, thoughtful and perceptive people within a school building. I love that idea of hanging the mirror because 
it is about self-reflection and not about like passing out your picture. And I think that's one of the challenges that some new teacher leaders make is that feeling that I've had some success in my classroom. I know what I'm doing now and I'm here to tell other people how they can do it too. And it makes sense to know to it, it makes a lot of sense i think psychologically you know like i figured it out i have the answer once you have the answer once you you know have that missing puzzle piece you definitely like want to spread it to everybody hey do it if you do it like this if you do it like this if you do it like this just do it like i did it but so often that can come across as like you all are not good at your jobs and you should be a lot more like me let me pass out my picture and show you how you should really be doing it um, and, and that is sometimes, that's, that's rarely an effective strategy when you're working with your colleagues, because it's off, it's more often than not alienating and it can make people feel like, why do you think you're better than me now? And I didn't even think yourself was that good to begin with. And now it's like, now I have a role where I'm supposed to be helping my colleagues and nobody wants to talk to me. And in that way, the teacher leadership role, whether you're passing out your picture or hanging the mirror the teacher leadership role can be really isolating because you really do see kind of 360 degrees around you and you can no longer, you know, look at your class, your, your colleagues in the, you know, the teacher workroom and be like, I know admin, right? Because you understand the, the pressure and the challenges that they're experiencing. And you can no longer say to add, you can no longer, you can't sit with your administrators and, and you'd be like teachers, right? because you're in it every day and you know how hard it works. And that's one of the reasons that I really love teacher leaders and think it's such an important role to cultivate in a school because being in the middle of that Venn diagram really gives deep insight into the strengths of a school community and their real struggles and their real challenges. And that's why our teacher leaders are some of the most insightful, thoughtful and perceptive people within a school building. I was I was thinking about how I used to think that the work I was doing with individual teachers was some of the most important work I could do as a coach, supporting other teachers. But lately, it's been a shift and I'm enjoying it. I've been doing a lot more work with supporting teacher leaders. So we're talking about the agenda before they do it. We then debrief. What were some things that they noticed? What were some of the things that I noticed? So I guess what I'm saying is that no matter what the level, support is oftentimes needed. Roberta talked about feeling isolated because you're right. You're in this really this space. You're, you're, you are a teacher. You're not an administrator. You're somewhere in between. So I think the idea of providing support for teacher leaders is really great. The process for coaching educators requires a complex and critical set of skills, and it differs greatly from educating and supporting students. Facilitating challenging conversations, offering actionable feedback, and increasing community and collaboration can be daunting, especially if you haven't previously practiced instructional coaching. So how can you strengthen and grow leadership skills that are necessary to coach effectively and inspire change, whether it's with your team uh, of teachers at your school or across a district. 
our course coaching for change deals with exactly these issues. In this course, we unite theory and practice as we delve into the core values that inform our coaching philosophy. We explore adult learning principles and equip you with actionable strategies for professional growth. So whether you identify as a coach or a teacher leader or a school district administrator, this is a course that will allow you to coach with confidence and compassion, which is just so important. Uh, this course, Coaching for Change, is coming back to CPET in 2022, and if you can't wait for that, then go ahead and leave us a service inquiry email at our website, uh, and we can support you with customized coaching for change in your school community. For this and other PD opportunities, visit us at tc.edu forward slash CPET. Now, let's rejoin the panel. Roberta and Courtney, as we're kind of closing this out, I am imagining that someone out in our listener space is either is a is either they're new to being a team leader or they're returning to their team leader role. There may have been some changes because maybe they started doing some things during the pandemic that may not may or may not be in place now. So for that listener, that person who's looking for just one little bit of nugget that they could take back and have a more sort of effective meeting just next week or the next time they have one, what's something you would say to them? The first thing that I think about is a conversation that I had with a teacher leader who was new to the role and we were getting ready to plan our plan the next plan for the next meeting and the next you know department meeting or team meeting or whatever it was and at one point the teacher leader looked up at me and said well this is a lot like planning a lesson and i thought yep it is and and i think that's the advice that i would give someone who's new to the role of teacher leadership that a meeting is actually a lesson it is um it is an opportunity to create a learning experience for your colleagues. And the better you're able to plan to the minute, you know, and I like to plan my professional development meetings, you know, in five, 10 and 15 minute increments. Um, the more specifically you're planning, the more you're planning in advance, the more you're batch planning, right? Meeting one is gonna be about this, meeting two is gonna be about this, meeting three is gonna be about that the more confidence you're gonna feel in, in doing that facilitation and the clearer of a message that you're gonna be able to send to your colleagues and share with your colleagues about the work that you guys have to do together. So plan your meetings as if they were lessons. Roberta, I could not agree more after spending a few hours with one of my amazing new teacher leaders. I hope you're out there and we're talking to you. Uh, it takes time. And I would like to really build on what you're saying to advise all our teacher leaders who are developing, who are coming back to schools this year, or who are aspiring to be teacher leaders. Give yourself the time to plan and as Roberta said, look at your meetings and your agendas, sort of like doing a lesson plan, sort of project-based so that there's product and you're creating something collaboratively together and definitely batch plan. Think deeply about the moments in your current agenda 
and then how you're going to cycle through or create an inquiry cycle of some form so that you're batch planning your lessons for the future. And, and just, just a word of advice, um, it does take time. So be prepared to put quite a bit of time into planning each moment. And then as we've been talking about reflecting, reflect on your practice and really value that and hang the mirror for yourself and take time to look at it, not just for your beautiful picture in it, but to really deeply reflect on becoming a leader. So Courtney, you kind of took the words out of my mouth. I was going to talk about reflection, but in a, in a somewhat different stance to say, to just reflect on your, your role as a facilitator and not reflect in a, in a overly critical way. You know, if you can identify, remember critical friends, we talk about those critical friend groups. If there is someone, they could even be outside of your school, someone who knows you well and who will say the things that you probably need to hear to talk about what's happening, what your experiences are. So like, yeah, so like when we first started off as classroom teachers, we didn't feel quite the confidence that we did after year one, year two, year three, so on. So I think just, you know, reflecting on the, your, your process and your facilitation skills, but also showing yourself some kindness. Situated in the middle of the Venn diagram, they're able to have a unique perspective on the classroom space and also have a unique perspective on the kinds of changes that need to take place in order for the school to reach its ambitious goals. Teacher leaders are hardworking, dedicated professionals who need support on a regular basis. They also need coaching and mentorship. This is Teaching Today. I'm Roberta Langer-Kang. I'm Sharice Holloman, and I want to give another special shout out and thank you to our colleague, Courtney Brown, for joining us today. Huge shout out to our post-production crew, Isaac Hodges and Katie Miltz. We think your voice matters. Send us your education questions, concerns, and promising practices, and we'll address them. Subscribe to the pod or leave a review. Follow us on Twitter, where you can find us at TCCPet. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. You can also send, you know, old school an email to cpat at tc.edu. And we'll be back in your feed next time with our two-part series on assessment for learning through the lens of questions and discussions. Until then, take care. And talk soon. <laughs>